this is why we make sure we include a devotional. Oh, so we can set ourselves aright. Because life is unfolding in all of its glory <laughs> and foolishness simultaneously at the same time. And so the intention is that we pause along the way so we don't just, I don't know why this comes to mind right now, but this, this notion of getting on the bus, I don't know the last time I was, but I'd be willing. It's this notion of riding the bus and kind of dozing off and not necessarily sleep, but just sometimes lost in our thoughts, not paying attention and coming to and realizing you didn't pass your stop long time ago, you know, or at the end of the ride or something, you know, just it's that, that this pause along the way to gain our own sense of, of self. Self with a capital S of self and self with a lowercase s, which means our, our human awareness, what is mine to be? That answer is clearer once we've tapped into the uppercase s. And when I say that, what I mean is self that is the all in all the life force, the creative principle. I'm hoping this is making sense. That what we've invited you to do, and if you just kind of ride with us, we'll take you through it. You don't have to necessarily learn it on your own. If you just tune in, if, if you're online at 10, we're going to take you through a brief, very brief devotional. My sense is, and put in the chat if I'm right, because I know I'm right. I know I'm right about this. That if, in fact, you are chanting and sitting in the sense of God is all there is, if you really allowed that to just, allowed yourself to just bathe in that, to soak that up and then have a sense of the same idea, just using different words. Love is all there is. Same idea. If you allowed yourself, lowercase s, to bathe in this advanced awareness and to be saturated in that, I invite you to trust me that today is different for you just from having had that. Now, it may take you a while to discern how different it is and in what way it's different, and, but you got to do it a while. I was, you know, I, I'm not making this stuff up. Most of what I share with you, I learned through my own practice. And let me be clear, through other teachers as well. You know, I came through, this was not an anointing. This was the practice of doing the work. 
And so there were numerous teachers, begin, well, certainly ancestrally speaking, and then beginning with Terry Cole Whitaker, who really just kind of took the scales off my eyes around moving from religiosity to spirituality was, was my little trek there. But there was a point when I was a corporate trainer and I had a statewide training team and um, there was a particular day that we were meeting in San Francisco and the weather was bad. So it was foggy and the flight couldn't get in and all the flights from San Diego and L.A. and the places people were coming in, those who drove got in. But the folks who had flights were very, very late. And I always started our sessions with a centering. And I forget what I called it at the time because here I was in the corporate environment and I was just, you know, I was still going to do me and what I knew worked. But when folks arrive so late, and I know some of you have heard me tell this because it changed my life in terms of my awareness of the truth of the power of being still in groups. And so folks got in so very late and our practice was they were just there for the day. So they were to come in early and leave a little late. And it was just one of those all-day kind of state where we were going to do the work, the teamwork, and create whatever we were working on, project work. Folks got in so late, I was spoofed. And I thought, I can't take time for this entry. <laughs> Let's just get right to it. So they got it. As people got in, we were like, okay, we've been waiting. Let's get to it. And so we started, and we were just, it was just a wild ride. And finally somebody said, can we do that thing? You know, we didn't do that thing, Andrea, that we always do. Because we don't ever have this as a team. And I was like, oh, you can't skip it. <laughs> you can't just, you can't count on having the same benefit without dropping the anchor. And it changed it forever because it made sense to economize in time. But we knew, my mother would say, what side our bread was buttered on. And I was messing with the formula. And so we stopped and we did our centering. And I thought, I'll never make that mistake again. We're almost save time. <laughs> so look, I'm trying to say something because you know we are, we have been connecting the dots on this adventure in faith where we are committed to moving forward together. Now that doesn't mean we're dragging people places they don't want to go. It just means everybody who's willing, we're willing to support them. Anybody who's willing, we got something for you. We got a class, we got some affirmations, we got some practices, we got some practitioners who will support the process. We got some Sunday services, we got some Wednesday evenings happening. We have a variety of activities that are designed to support anyone who is willing to move forward in a conscious and intentional way. If you're willing, we got you. Yes? And so what I've been doing 
since, well, during summer school, and certainly since, we are now what? We are falling into our shift. You know, we came through our summer of shift, and now we are ensconced in fall. And so we are falling in. And it'd be all right with me if you pictured, I think it was the Lipton Tea commercial back in 100 years ago, <laughs> black and white TV, where the commercial had somebody just fall back into a swimming pool. And it was just with such ease and let go. So the invitation, the offer is to just fall into shift. Ah! Don't hang on. Don't leave your fingerprints on the rail. Just let go and fall in. Yes? And so what we're doing to support ourselves is we are connecting the dots. We are, well, we're we got a lot of metaphors going simultaneously, I'm realizing here. We got, we're connecting dots and we're braiding pivots. And we are, we are coming into a clear awareness of the principles that are mimicked, that are um, suggested, that the four pivots suggest. So the work that Dr. Sean Jinwright did was to not try to link what we, well, it's universal truth, universal principles that we practice through science of mind very specifically, and that has more to do with the way that we speak of them. The examples we use are teaching tools, but they are universal principles, and they are embedded, <clears throat> pardon me, Spiritual principles are embedded in the four pivots. Now, if you already know them, like I don't think there's a practitioner, minister, religious science, science of mind minister anywhere who reads the four pivots and doesn't get it, doesn't see the teaching symbol, doesn't get foundations, doesn't get how treatment fits in, but the larger, more secular uninformed, the folks who learn it in a different way won't necessarily see all we see. But bottom line, the intention around the four pivots is to support us in reimagining justice and reimagining ourselves. Because whatever justice we call forth, we's in that. So if we have not reimagined us, we pretty much going to have the same justice we've been having which is pretty much fake, but I'm off topic now. So look, in the four pivots, I just want to review, and we're probably going to be doing this all through fall, and, you know, I don't want to, spoiler alert, winter. So the first pivot is one of awareness, and that makes sense, doesn't it? Because how are you going to make some shifts without first being aware? So that's the first thing. And the awareness is to shift from our expertise and clear view about what she did wrong and how he ain't doing it right to seeing ourselves. So it doesn't mean that you don't need to have an awareness of the external view. You do. You need that. And you'll have a clearer view, a more honest, a more beneficial view once you do the mirror work. Once you see how you are, 
you'll see how you impact and how you are present to whatever it is you think you see. Because what you think you see, you are seeing through the filter of who you be. And for so many of us, we don't know who we be. And so we are simply seeing ourselves um, kind of in contrast to others. But that's not who you are. You are not in contrast to others. You are you. All right, so there's also pivot two, which is about connection. And this is to help us to move from transactional relationships, the this for that, the tit for tat, the you, you nice to me, I'm nice to you, you not nice to me, I'm not nice, all of the things, to more transformative, transformational. Think, think just, just be in the trance, which is movement, which is a, talking about a connection there, something else happening, Yes. And he, the author, Dr. Sean Jinwright, says that it's about shared humanity, a, a sense of shared humanity for collective care and compassion. So there's a way of being. There, it's calling forth our authentic humanity. Vision. Come on now. And this is where I want to land today with, but I want to work with three and four, in fact, with this. But the idea here around vision is for us to, to imagine and reimagine and reimagine and reimagine how we can move from, you see, that's continuous. There's never a time when it's suggested that you think you're done from moving with using your creative thinking focusing on creative possibilities so we can let go of our problem-loving and problem-fixing. And I see it in my own life. How when the challenge comes up, how am I with that? Do I just like grab it and hold on to it? Like this is the problem. And it becomes a part of who I am sometimes. And people will greet you and say, oh, you, you still got that problem? You still, you, you know what I'm talking about. And it might not be those exact words, but you become ultimately identified with that. How are your in-laws? They still bothering you? Or did, what, what about your landlord? You, upon greeting, yes, you know what I'm talking about. Y'all at home, these people in the room acting like they don't know. But I know y'all that are tuned in. Y'all know, and I know you're nodding and you're putting it in the chat, and I appreciate you being connected with me in that way. But this idea is to, to loosen our grip and our, our fixation. That's the word I want. To loosen our fixation on the problem. So that we can open ourselves to possibilities. What else is possible? If I just let go of my fixation on what I think is wrong and what happened and what didn't happen, can I now be open to another whole perspective around it? We're just going to start there. And then presence. Oh, yeah, because you can't do this without a sense of presence. And it, this practicing the presence is the spiritual principle. What Dr. Sean is talking about, and it's embedded in the spiritual principle around presence, is moving from the frenetic pace of being in a frenzy to being in the flow. Now, I'm sure there are ways to 
infinite ways to do that. Because you are at heart and soul, I, of course, as a religious science centers for spiritual living minister, am going to suggest that we begin with practicing the presence. And that ties us back. We've come full circle to the devotional. Because I don't know how you practice the presence without being still. Without you, can you see the, the, the distinction, the contrast between the frenzy pace where there is no stillness because you're forever busy and got to do this and the problem is so, you know, it's right here and so it's pushing you to do the next thing that must be done. And it fits with the, the little vignette I shared with you of my corporate time because it was in stopping the action from the frenzy of we got to get this done because folks have flights. And you know, if you were that late getting in to San Francisco, to SFO, you know you don't want to hang around for the fog to roll back in. So you know that even though we got stuff going, they're looking like, <laughs> I'm going to have to get out of here. And so I was willing to honor that. Oh, so with that, I, I got to move right to then this, this scripture in Romans 12 and 2, this notion of do not imitate, do not be fashioned according to. I made a note to myself earlier to say, forego honoring your divinity. Sometimes that's what we're doing. This idea, this, but see, this came to me during a devotion. Because that's when the downloads can come. Do you, do you understand when you're still enough and you're, you're leaning in, you're listening, you are, a, you're not listening, you are a listening. And so look, this was the little quick download. It's about us uh, foregoing, honoring our divinity for the world's foolishness. Now that was just my note. Because the world has something for you 24-7. No, 25, 8. Because there's like not a millisecond anymore. Some of us grew up in a time when we almost didn't have to schedule the quiet time. Because the television went off. You didn't have to turn it off. It went off. Once the little four channels you had were done, once they had completed that programming, it, I know some of y'all are like, what is she talking about? I'm going to need you to Google something. Because there was a time when television went off, when they completed their little programming at 11.30, midnight, 1 a.m., that was it. So even if you wanted some more stimulation, you were left to your own devices you were probably going to be left to be still while you looked at the test pattern. Now, see, I know y'all, though, she didn't go on crazy. Somebody helped the reverend there because now she didn't start talking gibberish. <laughs> Sitting up meditating on the test pattern. Y'all know, or the snow. Now, some of y'all don't know nothing about snow on the TV, and I'm not talking weather pattern. But those who, but my people, my real tribe, they know. They know, and we'd be meditating to the snow on the TV. But can you get a sense of how it forced us into 
a sense of stillness. We, because there was nothing else to do. Well, I'm sure there was, but if what you wanted to do was watch some more television, but who ever thought about watching some more television? Yes, bless your heart, there was no DVR. Bless your heart. I appreciate the question now. I really do. There was no video, wasn't no tape and nothing. If you missed it, it was gone. And that left you in a level of stillness. Can you hear what I'm saying? And some folks, not everybody, but some folks found and honored their divinity in that. Because it emerged, it was present, they could get a sense. And if there was sufficient stillness, they could hear something else. This idea of being transformed by the renovation, the renewing of your mind can only stop, can only happen when you stop long enough for something to change. There's an idea embedded in here that you must be willing to change your mind. So we are going to focus on the, I'm going to focus, and I'm going to invite you to come go with me, on pivots three and four. And I want to start with, because I want to invoke, see, th this notion of um, vision and how we, how we perceive what's before us, whether it's a problem or whether it's an opportunity, whether it's a possibility, whether there are possibilities that, look at here. Whether what we are calling a problem, whether that is here to get us in touch with some other possibilities. See, it's, it's going to be how we look at it, how we accept it, how we interpret it, how we receive it. And that's going to be different at the frenetic pace than it is while in the flow. So that's why I want to bring these two together. But look at here. Mahatma Gandhi said, faith is a kind of sixth sense, which works in cases which are without the purview of wisdom. That's when you don't know. When you don't know the way, you might just, it might behoove you to tap into faith. When you don't have all the cards laid out and you don't know how it's going to be, when you don't have when it's not locked down at the level of wisdom, you know, the opportunity where you say, oh, I already know that. I don't need to. I don't need to Google it. I don't need to wave it. I don't need to. None of that. I got it. I got this. And faith is that moment. Faith is that absolute moment when you thought you were going to wave it. I'm talking like map something, Google map it or whatever it is, but none of that shows up. Do you understand? So, so yeah, you, you, oh, I'll just Google it. Don't worry about it. I'll just map it. I'll just quest it. I'll just, I'm, I got my way of doing it. And then you get to the point and you don't have that connection. Faith is a kind of sixth sense <laughs> which works in cases which are without the purview of wisdom. When you know you don't know. Sometimes that's how we come to it. Yes? Thank you, Destiny. Thank you so very much, mighty people. 
embedded in the lyric is this notion that we do know. That we do know. And my sense is that it is in the stillness that that is revealed, that it's confirmed, that we, that we, we get to, we get a glimpse of not our wisdom, but our faith. We, we get a glimpse of the divine mind in and as us. We get a glimpse of infinite possibility. And so all of these glimpses, you know, are pearls that we ultimately can string. If we are committed to having a clearer sense of who we be, who am I? Who am I? Why am I here? What is mine to be? What is mine to do? Yes. Mm. This idea that faith is a kind of sixth sense which works in cases which are without wisdom, where you don't know. Because what? You don't have to know. That's the blessing right there. Somebody, this would be where the right church would say amen. You know, where somebody would really know that absolute, I see y'all at home, you, you already own, I feel your vibe already, yes. That this idea of, because there's not a one of us who doesn't know and hasn't experienced the pain, sometimes the shame of not knowing what you think you need to know. And the, the awkwardness and just all of the descriptors that, that come to your mind of how it throws you off your, off your centered place. But there's a wisdom, there's a truth embedded here that says you don't have to know because you already know. The knower in you knows, so you don't have to know. Look, Daniel, Dr. Daniel Morgan, founder of Guidance, what is now Guidance Church of Religious Science, or, but um, he said, he has a daily read, the title of which escapes me right now, but I've brought it to y'all before. Doesn't matter now because you just need to know what he said. What is faith is the question he poses. He says, it's an expectancy of the soul. So you got to get to soul level first. A thrust into the future and innate trust in God. He goes on to say, we must nurture faith. It lives not despite us, but by the alliance of our will. We must be willing to change. Change your thinking, change your life. It is not magic. You're going to have to really do the change part. So you must be willing to shift. He says, faith is the bridge between the physical and spiritual world. And he says, you have the privilege of crossing on it at will. The power of believing is basic. And there is no faith without believing. You can believe without faith. 
but you can't have no faith without believing. Believing is the precursor. He also said that the essential model, motto, pardon me, motto of science of mind philosophy, which is what we teach in Endeavor to Practice, is keep the faith. And just so y'all hear it, I'm going to say keep the faith, baby. The true faith, sharply put, he says, is God is good and his mercy is everlasting. He says that's true faith. When you see, what do you believe? I'm going to offer when we awaken you out of a deep sleep, not when you done prepped your answer, but when we awaken you out of a deep sleep or we catch you in the turmoil of life. When we catch you bobbing and weaving from life hitting you upside the body parts and spirit and mind and heart, when, when, when it feels like that, yes, yes. then, <laughs> then what do you believe? What do you believe? Because if you really believe God is good and his mercy is everlasting, you're going to have a different sense of that situation, of that circumstance. The story you tell about that will be different. He says this applies to all aspects of today's activities and events all the time. He says, I go within and I find the harmony I am seeking. You got to have a spiritual practice. Some, a little silence in there somewhere so that one can connect with the harmony, the peace, the joy that one is seeking. It's there. I love this last line. He says, I take up with God. What you mean, Dr. Dan? What you talking about? You take up with God. What it means is that, remember when I started talking about the capital S, the uppercase S, and the lowercase? He's blending those two. That's what you're doing when you're taking up with God. You are, you are being your lowercase s because that's, you got to be, you are. Self, and you are connecting. You are choosing to be connected with in as the divine. Oh. Dr. Dan, I'm just going, I think I'm going to have to, uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, look, I'm going to just, I'm going to take us back to Revelation 21 and 1. Because when you take up with God, when you take up with the divine, when you take up with divine creative principle, when you, what it is, is you're giving, you're, you're, you're exercising your rights. You're crossing the bridge of faith. You are exercising your divine right to know something more right in the midst of this, right? So in Revelation 21 and 1, what? And I see a new heaven and a new earth. That's what it gives you access to. These are not just words. This is, this is me in this moment declaring that, that given all of that, that shift, my willingness, my, my stillness so that I see something else, and then what? I see a new heaven, a new op opportunity, 
a new way that it can unfold. I see a new way that I can be. I see a healing opportunity where there hadn't been one clear before. I see another way to go where it looked like all the roads were closed. Somebody knows. I see. I see this notion of a new heaven and a new earth. You know, it just rolls off the tongue, and for some it makes no sense whatsoever. It's just something said, but it really means in your life that you see a way for the rent to get paid or you see a way that you're going to move and that rent doesn't have to be paid because you already paid the last month. But there's something else that's getting ready to unfold where you think the door is closed. You see an opening. And because of your stillness, your willingness to embrace it, to accept it, to call it forth, to have it permeate your being, you also see a new earth, which is but the manifestation. It is the demonstration. It is the expression of it. It's the new heaven in form. I hope this is making sense because this is about us most often. When I grew up, this scripture wasn't about me. This was something to learn. But it wasn't about me. This was somebody else who saw it. And you'd just be like, oh, yeah. But this is talking about us. Our ability. The opportunity to see. What? A new heaven. Something that is not yet formed. Yeah, see, because what we're not conforming to what is. If you, oh, there's just so, and here's the thing, 2022 has given you all the possibilities to work on this. Nobody, but be like, well, what should I, how shall I apply this in 2022? There's not a one of us who hasn't had so many opportunities to practice. Now, I know the opportunities did not come wrapped with a sticker on it that said, this is for practice. It looked like it was trying to take you out in some cases. It looked like it was turning your world topsy-turvy. It looked like grief that you did not know that whether you could ever recover. It looked like whatever it looked like. But I'm telling you what it is, is practice. It's an opportunity to practice the presence. Behold, I make all things new. The next line with that, with the way I would do the rewrite on that, is so why are you tripping? <laughs> Behold, I make all things new. What are you tripping about? Fix your face. But... Nobody's given me a Bible rewrite contract, so we just go say it the way it is. Behold, I make all things new. But that's trying to tell you something, that this thing that we're tripping about and making permanent in our mind, like, and how do we say it? I'm not ever going to be able to buy a house. My credit will never, my, I'm not, I don't know, whatever it is. Behold, I make all things new. Why are you tripping? She asked in a gentle, kind voice. So look, look. You, I don't know how you heard it, but what I said was, why are you tripping? 
That's what was in my heart. So look, affirm with me. I will read it. This is from, you know, our daily read is 365 Days of Abundance. And so for yesterday, the affirmation was, and I'll read it first, I will rejoice with the knowledge that God is giving me wisdom, guiding me daily, protecting me, and watching over me. And then you know the subtext, so why are you tripping? Okay, so look, we're going to affirm together. I rejoice with the knowledge that God is giving me wisdom, guiding me daily, protecting me, and watching over me. And so it is. A practice that I have uh, begun here is to, pardon me, is to, often I will share, on occasion, I will share a prayer written by someone else that I have um, sometimes adapted. And today, um, Destiny, I know we both have an appreciation for Dr. Frank Richelieu. <laughs> so today, it's, uh, this, is some, this is a little Richelieu combo. Uh, in honor of Dr. Frank. So um, just please be with me in prayer. And I'm invoking this awareness of seeing a new heaven and a new earth, but really personally in our lives and in our life's work and seeing simultaneously hope on the horizon. And so be in prayer with me, please. There is only one mind. That mind is God. That mind is my mind now. This is a new beginning for me. New doors are opening up, new avenues of reality, and a new birth of awareness. I see myself as I really am, a loving healthy, joyous person, a successful individual. Every day is rewarding. I am an ever-expanding idea in mind. I am the creator of my life. I create my experience. Creation gives form to the formless substance. Therefore, I demonstrate good in my life, abundance in my life, and everything that causes me to progress. I am a unique individual. We all are. I am a growing individual, and I am excited to be emerging into an even better person every day. As I choose newness for me, I recognize the action and activity of God, which is good, loving, and progressive in every way. New doors, new avenues of experience, and new expressions are mine. An inner awakening transforms me now. I feel light with a spiritual buoyancy 
And I know that divine life infuses me mentally, emotionally, and physically. I enter into a new state of consciousness. There is no holding back on the part of God. I declare that this is a new beginning, a transformation for betterment in my life and in all of my affairs. I give no power to any thought, belief, or appearance that has a tendency to restrict me. I declare right now that God is infinite. Love is infinite. Wisdom is infinite. Abundance is infinite. Opportunities are infinite. And my good is infinite. My consciousness is healed of any idea that the world of appearances governs me. There is no truth to the race belief in age. I heal my consciousness of a belief in lack. Realizing that I am a product of love and intelligence opens new doors for me right now. I am awakened to the truth of infinite reality, and I am forever free to dwell in the realm of unlimited good and infinite possibility. Something wonderful is happening on all levels of my livingness. In gratitude, and thanksgiving for all that is in my environment, in my life, I move forward in the knowingness that all good is mine now. So it is an absolute gratitude and thanksgiving that I release this word into the perfect action of law and I let it be now and forevermore. Ashe. Amen. And so it is. Love matters.